This is Laura Lummer, the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. I'm a healthy lifestyle coach, a clinical Ayurveda specialist, a personal trainer, and I'm also a breast cancer survivor. In this podcast, we talk about healthy thinking and mindfulness practices, eating well, moving your body for health and longevity, and we'll also hear from other breast cancer survivors who have re-engaged with life and have incredible stories to share. This podcast is your go-to resource for getting back to life after breast cancer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach Podcast. I am your host, Laura Lummer. I am thrilled to be here, and I want to start this show off with two very big thank yous for two very awesome ratings and reviews. I want to thank Rin Asterisk, that's your username, and Quilting Grandma, Quilting Grandma. Two of you left really awesome reviews and you know if any of you listening to this want to see the reviews you can always I think on a smartphone just scroll right down to the bottom where you listen to this podcast and that's where you can also go if you want to leave a review and rating but I just want to say to the two of you I wish I knew your real names but that's kind of this wonderful mystery that I don't as well because I read these reviews and I don't even know need to know the name I just the tears stream down my face you know I really connect with you. I really appreciate you leaving and taking the time to do that and to share your story with me and to share just how how you found the podcast and what it means to you. Because when you do that, I, I just can't even tell you what it means to me. And I love knowing that there's this tool, this vehicle, this podcast that can reach people all around the world and let you know that you do not have to be a lonely warrior out there fighting the world, fighting cancer, and feeling like you don't even have the right to your own feelings or understanding how to process this whole experience. It's just so much better when we can do it together. And I know that sounds kind of weird. It's like we're not together. You're listening to a random podcast, but I feel like we're together. And I just thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave the review. It means everything to me to get to to read your stories and to know that the work I do here supports you in some way. So thank you very, very, very much. All right. That being said, I'm just going to jump right into today's podcast. Actually, I'm going to give one more thing, one more little thing, because I think this also will serve to help and support some of you who may need it. Some of you may already have gone through this, but if you go to my website right at the top of the homepage, you can download a free video series called The Four Pillars of Breast Cancer Recovery. And so, you know, when I started doing this breast cancer coaching, I've offered different freebies and downloads that I thought might support you. And we actually have a resource page on in the works now coming very, very soon that will have some additional free downloads, including my book that I co-authored with Andrea Leonard, the founder of the Cancer Exercise Training Institute. And that book is on lymphedema. 
And so all of that is coming really soon. But right now you can go to the website and you can just go right to the homepage and download the four pillars of breast cancer recovery. It's a four video series and it just helps you understand what those pillars are and why I call them the four pillars of breast cancer recovery. It has some worksheets with some very simple exercises you can do for yourself to help you work through these pillars of release, renew, regroup, and revive. And it's just, it's just a taste of it, you know, but something that I think can get the the thought juices flowing and that's really what it's all about you know and that's what I'm going to get into the show right now one thing I realized and I know I've mentioned this on the show before is that after my first diagnosis you know I thought it was just all about doing all the right things to feel healthy again and it was a long and difficult road <laughs> for me to figure out that it was really about what was happening in between my ears it is such an important piece of managing, dealing with, processing, healing from, living with breast cancer is learning to manage our thoughts. It's critical. It's absolutely critical. It's critical for every stage in life. It's really interesting because I'll I'll run across people and they say to me, you know, I don't even have breast cancer, but I heard your podcast and it just applies to everything in life. And I listen to it all the time. And it's just so true, right? Because this is just breast cancer is another part of life, something we have to manage in life, along with all the other things, right? All of the things, the jobs, the relationships, the kids, the families, the finances. Life is big. There's so much going on. And so one of the key components to managing all of that and keeping your sanity and keeping your peace of mind and creating your happiness is understanding that you have the power to manage your thoughts. And this show is a little bit, well, it's definitely about that. I think all the shows are about that now. But where we get tripped up oftentimes is we start to live our lives by other people's thoughts. We live our lives wondering if what our little voice inside of us is telling us is the right thing to do, we'll be judged by other people, right? Let me share a story with you. So I was speaking with a woman just yesterday, and she is in a very unhappy place in her life. And she was telling me her story about what was going on in her life. And I asked her, and she, she shared with me the story, and she said, what should I do? And I said, well, what do you think you should do? I mean, it's your life. I have only heard your story for the last two, three minutes. So you tell me, what do you think you should do? And she goes, ah. And she said, I just don't, I don't want to make any decisions because I don't want to hurt anybody and I don't want to make the wrong decision. I said, okay, but aren't you hurting now? And she said, no. And I said, you're not hurting now? She says, no. I said, okay, so then why are you going to counseling with this other person you're going to counseling with? Why are you tormented by this decision that you're wrestling with? If you're not in pain, why would you want to change anything? And she says, well, I mean, I'm not in pain or hurting because I'm just numb. So I just don't feel anything. And I said, hmm, and is that acceptable? Is that good? Is that the way you want to live your life? And she said, well, no, but if I, if I don't tune everything out and just ignore it, then I'm in pain. So 
And we both kind of laugh together, right? Because we say, I don't want to make a decision that my inner voice is telling me, I've already made, it's in me, I've made this decision, but I haven't vocalized this decision and therefore no one can judge me. So I continue to ignore this voice inside of me that is saying, you need to do this. What is happening right now is not for you. It doesn't serve you. And we hear it and we know it's happening, but we say, as long as I don't vocalize it, no one else can judge me, right? And this woman, she says to me, well, what will my mother-in-law say? What will my mother-in-law think? What is my spouse going to say? My friends will think this about me. And this is so common. I share this because I'm equally as guilty of it. I worked for a long time and still do on unraveling what are actually my thoughts and where I'm living my life by either someone else's thoughts that were so conditioned and ingrained in me that I don't even realize they're not my own, or for the fear of someone else's thoughts, for the fear of someone else's judgments, right? What will they think of me? And if I could just bring everybody back to square one and say, what do you think of you? What do you think? This is your life. And I think it's so interesting because I can, I can remember and recall so many stories where I would talk to someone who is in pain, talk to someone who is struggling and being, you know, judged or labeled or condemned by someone they loved or someone who quote unquote loved them, right? And I would think, wow, look at this person who's judging you. I mean, I could come up with a list as long as my arm of things I could judge them for, and they think their life is 100% correct, right? And they're just going to keep going and living their life their way and then judging you for not living your life their way. So there comes a point where we have to say, am I going to live my own life or am I going to live my life someone else's way, by someone else's thoughts? I have a very, very dear friend who was recently very ill and in the hospital. And I called her one day and as we were talking, she was really upset. If she listens to this podcast, she doesn't know who she is, but that's okay. And she was really upset and she said, I just don't want people to think I'm weak. I don't want people to think I can't handle it. I'm very strong. And she was in a terrible position, a scary, terrible, and miserable from a physical standpoint of illness, miserable and frightening position. And she says, I don't want people to think I'm weak, right? Her family, she didn't want to disappoint people or let people down. And my heart breaks. I think my heart breaks so loudly people could hear it. And sometimes we have to hear these words coming out of our mouth and kind of dig a little deeper under them. Because I want to offer that when we tell ourselves things like that, this is a great place to stop. And if you sit with that, sometimes that's what we're telling ourselves. In fact, most of the time. Because if somebody says, I don't know, I'm going to throw out a bunch of labels. If somebody says, you're a fraud, you're weak, and there's some part of you that questions or believes that statement, then it's really your own thought that's bringing up the uncomfortable feeling inside of you. Because if somebody says to me, oh, Laura, you're weak and you're incompetent, it would mean nothing to me. 
It would mean absolutely nothing to me because I know for a 100% sure fact that that is not true. So therefore, I don't have that thought of myself. And anybody who said it in any way, uh, it wouldn't bother me. There's no truth to it. But when we're unsure of ourselves and we're not really confident in who we are or what we need in our life, then we have a tendency to live by what we say is other people's thoughts. Underlying that oftentimes is our own thought, is our own lack of confidence in ourselves, our own belief in ourselves, our own judgment of ourselves that we don't live up to some label that we've determined we should live up to. So when I'm coaching women and I hear them keeping themselves small, talking about themselves in very small ways, they don't want to stand out, they don't want to rock the boat, they don't want to say too much, and yet they're miserable. Like the story I shared with you in the very beginning, this woman is so unhappy, so miserable, but her mind is always on other people's thoughts. And so she doesn't take the time to sit down and really begin to know herself, to get to understand herself, to get to know what are my thoughts and where am I judging them? Where am I, you know, judging myself for thinking them, feeling them, wanting something for myself? And I'll tell you how this conversation ended. It was so funny because she said, well, and I told her, you have to spend some time with yourself to understand what you want. And then you can start working through how to present what you want to the outside world. And she says, well, I have another client and my client told me that and she wants me to go to this retreat and get brainwashed. And I just, I, I laughed. I said, what do you mean brainwashed? I would never hope that you would go somewhere to get brainwashed. And she said, well, because they're going to brainwash me. They're going to tell me to stop thinking the things that I'm thinking. And I said, okay, so... I would just like to offer a different perspective and say, maybe you've been brainwashed your entire life. And maybe the place you're going to wants to unbrainwash you and allow you to feel comfortable thinking for yourself and to get out of other people's heads. And she just laughed and she goes, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I don't know. Am I ready for that? Right? Because it's a big step. It's a big step that we often don't do. We are conditioned to conform from the time we're children and to fit in and to not make too much noise, right? And so we live our lives by what we think other people think of us. And then we get to this point, like I've said so many times, where the jacket just doesn't fit anymore. And how do we find one that does? How do we design our own jacket that fits perfectly? Well, we have to start by getting to know ourselves and understand what we really think, what we truly want for ourselves. And it doesn't have to be a huge, I think this, and tomorrow I'm living a different life, right? It's a step-by-step process of really getting to know yourself and getting comfortable with yourself and taking one step at a time. And so let's talk about some steps right now. Let's talk about three steps that you can take to start cultivating more awareness as to whether you're living by your thoughts, what is true for you, or where you're living your life based on what other people might think 
of the choices you make. So step number one is just to begin noticing your own words. And this is a great journal exercise. This is a great thought dump, thought download exercise, but really being present in your day and noticing your own words. Noticing when you say things like, if I do that, what will they think? If I do that, someone else will react like this. Statements like, I don't want to make someone else feel like this. I don't want someone to think I meant this. Okay, so these are all big red flags. Notice when you're saying these things. Notice when those statements come out of your mouth. Because when they do, you're in someone else's thoughts. You're making a decision based on someone else's thoughts. Now, you might find these phrases, these words coming out of your mouth a lot. And so this is the whole step number one, the whole thing, because I don't want you to overwhelm yourself. So I just want you to take whatever you need, a week, two weeks, 30 days, whatever it is, and just become really aware of the words you use. Start noticing when you say some of the things that I just mentioned, or you have those thoughts. What will someone else think if I do this? Just become aware of how prominent that is in your life. This is a great first step because until we have awareness, an awareness with curiosity, without judgment, without shame, just awareness, then we can't even begin to change or grow. All right, so we have to first notice, and that's it. If you go further than that, you're going to start justifying, you're going to start uh, qualifying, well, I think that because of this, and well, no, no, don't even go there. Stop. Only notice. Only noticing my words. And uh, I think I've shared this story on the podcast before, but I'm going to do it again right now. I have uh, my younger sister, Christy. She's been on the show before, and she would always say, I'm sorry. I mean, constantly. You know, any anytime she did anything, she's walking in the same on the same sidewalk as someone else. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. You know, and one day I said to her, we were at a yoga class and I said, what is with the constant I'm sorry? What? I mean, it's like you're apologizing for just being here, being alive. And she said, oh, someone else had recently said that to her. So I bought her a necklace that said, not sorry. I, said, I just want you to start becoming aware of how often you apologize for nothing. You've done nothing, right? And so this is a big step, just awareness, because then we start to catch ourselves. And when we catch ourselves, we deepen our awareness, and then we can make some decisions on whether or not we want to change things. And that doesn't mean just, what will someone think of me, but what has someone told me I'm supposed to do here? Let's say that I have a job that I don't like. And I want to leave that job and go do something I really love. Let's say I have a high pressure sales job and I want to start my own business as an artist because I love to paint. But I tell myself that is irresponsible, that is never going to make enough money, whatever it is that you tell yourself. And those are also living by other people's thoughts. Decisions like that are living by other people's thoughts because who said that? And what is enough money? Can we always change our life circumstance? If I live the lifestyle of someone who makes $150,000 a year and I choose to make less than that because I want to pursue something else, I have the right to change my lifestyle to accommodate that, right? 
So we always have choices. They're most of the time not easy choices, but they're always there. So these are also thoughts. Am I living my life by other people's thoughts? That other people said, moms do this, women do that, friends do this, sisters do that. All those thoughts come into play, okay? So set yourself a goal, set yourself a deadline, how long you're going to notice that. And write those suckers down. Every time they come up, keep a little notebook with you. Write them down. Please don't just leave them floating around in your head because then it's going to get super overwhelming. Get them out of your head, right? If we leave them in our head, then judgment will definitely sneak in and we want to avoid judging ourselves. All right. So now we come to step number two. You set yourself a deadline. You've kept track of how many times you make decisions or stop yourself or limit yourself based on other people's thoughts, things people have told you to do, things people might think of you if you do them. Now... You move into phase number two and go back and look at some of those thoughts. And now the exercise is give yourself another time frame, right? A judgment-free time frame. Now for the next two weeks, give yourself a little time each day or maybe some time throughout the week, but really commit to it and spend some time assessing those thoughts. Really looking at those thoughts and asking yourself, Where, why do I think that? What does it mean to me? If I have a very stressful job and now I've decided that I'm going to change that job because I've decided that that stress doesn't serve me, what does it mean to me if someone says or thinks, oh, well, that was a really irresponsible thing? I mean, if you know that what you're doing is what's serving you and what you need and the direction you want to take in your life, what does it mean to you? if someone else judges it. That's a lot to dig into. That's just step number two. And you're going to uncover a lot of stuff. When you look at those thoughts and you ask yourself, what do I let them mean to me? I can remember as a much younger person wanting and needing to go to work full time to support my family. And my mom saying to me things like, oh, well, why don't you just want to stay at home? You know, I was married at the time. Why don't you just want to stay at home and take care of your family? That's what a mother should do, right? And I was raised in a very traditional family and my mom stayed home and took care of the six of us, the six children. And I was very conditioned to think that a mother stayed home and took care of her kids. But inside of me, there was a voice inside of me that said, that's not my path. At that point in my life, it's like, that's not for me. I need to do something else. But man, was that a strong thought. And does that thought bring guilt? Oh my God, yes. And you're supposed to make dinner every night and whatever, whatever, all the supposed tos. So looking at that kind of thought and processing it and realizing that that was what was right for my mother, or maybe it was right for her mother in the world she lived in, in the life she wanted and the beliefs that she had but they were not serving me. Those thoughts were not serving me. And it wasn't right for my path in my life, right? It wasn't the person I was. So that's what I mean when you look at it and you say, what does that mean to me? If it's creating a feeling of some kind of negativity, what does it mean to you? What are you telling yourself it means? Are you telling yourself it means you're bad? Are you telling yourself you're not good enough? What do you tell yourself? Because when we're living by other people's thoughts, and if we deviate from those thoughts and it brings up a negative feeling, it's because we're telling ourselves a story about it. So step number two is to go back to all those thoughts 
and start asking yourself, what do those mean to me? Now, typically what happens here is when we start noticing how other people's thoughts affect us and the stories we tell ourselves about why we need to live by other people's thoughts, one of the first things that happens is we start telling ourselves why we can't do it, right? I would change this, but I can't. Well, I can't do that differently because of this. And so step number three is to pick out those top three thoughts. Pick out three out of all the work that you've done. Look at those thoughts and say, those three things right there, I feel like they really limit me in my life. I feel like they really bring up the most angst or confusion or struggle. They really have a powerful effect on me. And then just ask yourself, what if that wasn't true? That's it. What if that wasn't true. So in some of the examples I gave, if I leave a high power, high paying job and I decide to pursue something that I'm passionate about that won't provide as much income, that's irresponsible. Well, what if that wasn't true? And then you get to explore that. What if that wasn't true? If being a mom and going to work full time because it's something I want to do and or need to do. And somebody says that makes you a bad mom. What if that weren't true? If you want to pull back from the things that you're engaged in and volunteering in and participating in and you say to yourself, I have to create more time for myself to support my health and healing. And in order to do that, I have to let go of all of these, what I've always looked at as obligations. But if I do that, I'm afraid people will think I'm selfish. What does that mean to you? Well, I don't want to look selfish because I think selfish people are bad people. And then we ask ourselves, what if that isn't true? What if it isn't true? What if doing for something for yourself to support your health and to make more time for yourself is actually the example of how everyone should be living their life? What if that was true? That'd be pretty cool, right? So you get to go back and look at those thoughts, look at what you think of them, and then ask yourself, what if it wasn't true? Now you get to step into that place of curiosity again, right? And when we say, what if that wasn't true? Now we get to think about so many different options. Now you get to insert your own thought. If it wasn't true, then I would do this. Well, now you're getting down to it. Now you're getting down to what you really want and what you really think for yourself and for your life. And that's a beautiful place to be. Now, your brain will continue to argue and to put up excuses and to say, no, 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 that's the way it's supposed to be because that's what our brains do. But as you work through this exercise, and you can continue to work through that exercise because once you start creating that awareness of other people's thoughts and how they affect you and they keep popping up in your life, you'll notice them more and you can continue to take them back to pencil and paper and do this exercise. So when you first start, you give yourself a little more time in each of the phases, but then you get better and better at it. And then it starts to become this automatic process and you start to catch yourself when you're making a decision or not making a decision and you catch yourself thinking, oh man, I'm doing this because I'm afraid of what someone else is thinking of me. Or I'm not going to do this because I'm concerned about what someone else is thinking about me. Why am I doing that? What am I making that mean? And it just becomes a more automated process of self-awareness. 
Okay, my friends, I hope that helps somebody out there that somebody needed to hear that today. And I want to remind you that you can go to my website, thebreastcancerrecoverycoach.com and download my free video series, The Four Pillars of Breast Cancer Recovery. And you can also join my free Facebook group, The Breast Cancer Recovery Group, which is an amazing group of hundreds of survivors. And the love and the support in that group is just amazing. We're all supporting each other in just living a better life after breast cancer. And it's a great place to take questions to fellow survivors. I see so much wonderful advice and support. And I think just, you know, validation, a lot of validation from other survivors on when people post something that they're going through or struggling with. And it's just, it's just nice to know you're not alone, right? And this group is a great place to know a, you're not alone, and B, there's a big team of women who get what you're going through and they're on your side. So if you're not already a part of that amazing group, just search it on Facebook, the Breast Cancer Recovery Group, and give it a join. All right, that's all for now, and I will talk to you again next week. Until then, be good to yourself and expect others to be good to you as well. Take care. You've put your courage to the test, laid all your doubts to rest. Your mind is clearer than before, your heart is full and wanting more, your future's at the door. Give it all you got, no hesitating, you've been This is your moment